0: Hello and welcome to The DH Effect. I'm Hillary and my co-host Sonia is joining from a little different space today. Our focus this month is being clear on setting boundaries that keep ourselves and our loved ones physically and psychologically safe so that we can contribute with more creativity and innovation both at home and at work.
1: So important right and so powerful and Our guest today is Victor Nuwaba, who excelled as a four-year collegiate basketball player, which I just thought is so cool. And is currently a financial representative at Modern Woodman of America, located in Brentwood, California, but serves clients nationwide. Victor, we are like just so excited and looking forward to hearing your journey on how you became clear with your personal and professional boundaries. We cannot wait for this conversation. Welcome to our show.
2: Absolutely. No, thank you both for having me. I'm super excited.
0: Well, we first met you where uh, Lisa Caprelli of Unicorn Jazz, who was also a guest on our podcast, invited us to be a part of this book drive in the community that happened in the LA community over the holidays at 2021. And many, many of our listeners will have remembered that we participated and posted. And this, this man walks in with this really commanding presence and confidence and immediately starts to connect with other people. People are drawn to him. There's charisma. Pictures are happening. And Sonia and I are like nudging each other going, who is that? Who is that? And it was Victor. It was Victor. You have such a presence and you such a uh, commitment as we learned to community and service. Has that always been who you are?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ever since I was a kid, right? I mean, you know, we're always constantly traveling and we're always constantly kind of going to different events in that sense there. So, I mean, I always kind of had that motive to kind of get to know other people and just kind of, you know, hear about other people's lives and what's going on there. So when I met you guys at the event, it was a perfect opportunity. Okay, what do you guys do here? You guys kind of stick out yourselves as well. You know. So I'm like, hey, you know, what's up? I mean, I'm Victor. And, you know, after that, you know, we're here now. So it's, it's pretty awesome how that works.
1: I think one of the things about boundary work is that sense of confidence. It's the, you know, you, the, the posture's a little bit higher. There's a, I mean, even though you, you um, exuded this, this beautiful, like confident human being, there is a sense of humility and, and welcomeness. Like it was easy to approach you. Yeah. Um, what I, what we're really curious is, you know, the boundary work, you know, how, How did you learn about your personal boundaries um, and how did that change over time? I know that's a big question, but let's just plant the seeds there and see where it goes.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, for me, I mean, it it really started when I was young. I mean, I grew up in a family of eight, you know, for one. So when you grow up with so many siblings like I did, I mean, you just naturally create boundaries, you know, at a young age without even knowing. Right. (laughs) You know, so my first my first ever boundary was really kind of asking for a long time every so often. And. Even if that meant, you know, hiding in my grandmother's room or going inside the garage, creating like little cubbies for myself, you know, uh, you know, I always kind of had that natural instinct to kind of just get some, you know, space, you know, for myself, you know. So as I kind of got older, it's become a lot easier expressing to others outright, you know, what my boundaries are, you know. Much of that's because I can identify what I need, you know, as boundaries, you know. Whereas as a kid, I didn't really know, you know, what that was.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful because that that's something it came to me later in, in my life. Um, I'm almost 50 now. And it's really only been the last few years where what you said that you already knew as a, as a child, you know, I need alone time. I'm just now learning. Okay. Sinking into myself. Something feels unsettled. What do I need? I need to go for a hike. I need to something that fills me up and allows me to show up as how I want to, I think, I think that's an important thing to talk about with boundaries because boundaries aren't about other people, right, Victor? I mean, they really are about the guardrails for ourselves and how we're going to show up. It's our call to action. And then making sure that the people around us are adhering to those as well and giving us that, Um, you know, is that something I know you were a college basketball player as well. There's a lot of discipline and a lot of hard work that goes into that, um, especially when you're considered, um, as we heard, the closer and the go-to guy and the team <laughs> captain, you know, how do you go about getting to a level like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, and I didn't want to really want to toot my own horn when I did say closer, but, but yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, when it came to, you know, kind of setting boundaries, I mean, I'm not going to lie as a team captain, you know that. That was kind of a bit of a challenge. I mean, there's a part of you that feels like, you know, if there's anyone, you know, that should every everyone should be kind of following center Beck's best best example. It's really you, right? You know, so you almost have to work yourself kind of crazy, you know, so it it didn't really dawn, dawn on me until, you know, after that, that you can still be great, you know, a great captain while setting boundaries to protect, you know, yourself. You know, so that also meant, you know, maybe putting some responsibilities on my teammates, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't just up to me whether, you know, we were going to win, but, you know, it was a collective effort at the end of the day. Wow.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of us, too, you know, boundaries take practice. It's something where we can't just say, well, I set my boundaries and here it is. And it's not a very clear line. There's a lot of negotiation. And I think most of that neg- negotiation is with ourselves, like, how much am I willing to compromise? <laughs> like, I just set this boundary and yet I let this one person pass it. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Why did I let that happen? And and you know, I, I'm thinking back to your childhood days where, you know, was it that, you know, brother was always consistent? Brother Victor, he's always consistent. When he said he needed alone time, he literally physically created alone time. And as his siblings, we got the message. Or within a basketball team, Oh wow, our team captain—he's so available. Did they take advantage of that, of, you know, that accessibility? And then, you know, it's always this fluid kind of dance that we're doing. Um, is that something that, you know, you found yourself like self-negotiating and kind of figuring out that right equation for yourself?
2: yeah yeah it's always kind of been that balance right you know because at the end of the day when it came to not necessarily setting those boundaries from the start i mean people like as you mentioned kind of people kind of like to you know take advantage of those opportunities you know they, you know i'm a very kind person sometimes people can try to take kindness for granted and uh you know kind of step all over that but you know i mean kind of once you really associate yourself with the right type of people i always say you know kind of have that balance and set your set your feelings forwards you know from the jump I mean, I feel like that's a game changer, honestly. So that's really, I think, what set me apart and kind of I was able to find a balance from there.
0: Wow. It's funny. I was just working with some people the other day and, and I showed, I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso. Do you watch Ted Lasso at all?
2: No, I never. Mm. You,
0: haven't, you haven't seen that one? So Ted Lasso is this kind of aw shucks guy, super, super kind, but boy, does he set boundaries. Like I'm going to be respectful and kind, but you will also be respectful and kind, and if you're not, you don't get to be in my space, right? And I think we forget that. I think we forget that we can be kind, but we can, we always, we say, you know, soft heart, strong back Mm -hmm. um, when we're talking about that. Um, Because um, people think about, especially when it comes to safety, we were talking about psychological safety is such a huge, profoundly impactful uh, situation or, or, or atmosphere to create where everyone can feel heard where everyone can feel valued, where everyone can feel seen. And you can't do that if there aren't boundaries and guardrails on that. And knowing who the people are around you and getting all on the same page is a really big part of it. But you have to know yourself first. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I know, I would love to hear a little bit about your current company that you're at, Modern Woodman Mm -hmm. of America. First of all, there are probably a lot of people who don't know about it. And so I would love for you to explain what you do, what it is, uh, it really the culture around it and why it is that it was so impactful for you to become a part of them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess to, for, uh, to answer your first question, kind of just what I do. So I'm a financial advisor. And even to kind of go back to what you guys always uh, also mentioned as far as boundaries, you know, I mean, I feel like it's big to, you know, even touch on boundaries within my own career now, you know, kind of like what you mentioned, Hillary, I mean, kind of just, I'm nice, kind, you know, but you also always always have to kind of set that straight, you know, that relationship, you know, you can't necessarily walk over me, just like I'm not going to walk over you just if you have a bad kind of situation, you know, I'm going to always treat you with kindness and respect, you know, so that's what I expect as well. Um, you know, but kind of taking it back, you know, to, you know, where I work, so I'm a financial advisor, I've been doing this now for going on six years. You know, uh, I do work for a company called Modern Woodman of America and uh, a lot of people don't know who we are. And the reason being is because we're a fraternal company, you know, so really what that means is that a lot of money that we do make, it doesn't go to advertising, it actually goes right back to the community. You know, so as we mentioned earlier, that's where I met Hillary and Sonia, you know, at a a nonprofit event that I was able to, you know, fortunately sponsored along with other companies in that sense there. And I was kind of able to kind of say hello to everybody in that sense there. I kind of just show them what Modern was about, you know, but uh, to touch on your point, I mean, uh, yeah, the company, strong company, I always love to kind of go, you know, towards those companies and, you know, those firms that, you know, actually mean something. They actually want to make an impact, not necessarily just look for that dollar, right? You know, so that was kind of, that That kind of gave me my decision, to kind of just work for this company.
1: Oh, I remember um, a previous conversation that we had um, and, you know, in terms of finding that place, that workplace and starting at one workplace and it just didn't sell right. And um, modern women of America really connected to you. And you, you actually used the word quote unquote home, but it really felt like home. And I couldn't, I just really connected like, wow, how are our personal values and the boundaries that we set on our personal level align with what we do professionally in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seemed for you that there was such clarity in that. Um, and it was so beautiful to hear the mission of this company and that community and unity was really such a foundational like mission. Mm-hmm. Um and is that something that you knew right away like i know my personal values it's coming from my home and i shall seek that like or did it just kind of land and you're like oh this is what i call home
2: yeah (laughs) so this is the second one absolutely i mean when i actually got the interview i didn't really know first of all i didn't know about the company modern woodman you know and and i had a finance background you know graduated college with a finance degree and everything in that nature so I'm looking at all these different firms and modern Woman was kind of just a random one, kind of just, you know, like a, a feathers, you know, a stack of needles or that whatever the terminology is, you know, right. So I'm just like, okay, what's, what's this, you know, so, you know, as I got to the interview, you know, they kind of let me know, hey, we live off three pillars, you know, here in the company, you know, it's faith, family and fraternal kind of like what you mentioned, you know, with the unity and, you know, that community outreach. So honestly, you know, I always looked at myself as somebody that wanted to give back. Always, you know, I still get back to this day, even outside of Modern woodman But you know, coming to an organization that just does that naturally, and you know, it, it's it's honestly it was perfect, you know. And obviously, you know, especially when it comes to the financial side, you know, we're a strong company is as, as well. You know, we have nearly eight hundred thousand members, eighteen billion dollars in assets. So strong company was strong. That was everything was there. Now was just missing that little piece, and that's what kind of the fraternalism brought. Seems. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I love, what I love about this is you're also opening up a discussion I think is really important right now for um, whether it's young people or whether it's, I mean, we have the great resignation going on or the great talent migration or whatever you want to call it at the moment. Basically what I think it was, everybody got dropped into the middle of the pandemic and went, hey maybe something more matters to me than working myself to death. And so I do think that number one, I love those pillars, faith, family, and fraternity, right? So I think getting right and knowing with, okay, wait, what are my most important things in my life? And then when you are interviewing for a job, ask those questions. Is this a job, whether you ask them out loud or not, is this a job where my family will be able to come first? Or will they expect me to, you know, my husband had a job years ago, where um, we had a huge family crisis, and he got taken off a I mean, it was it was bad. My son was burned really severely. And we were in ICU for a month. And Um, the company was this huge company and they're like, oh, well, and he got taken off of a position and, and, and just sort of set by the wayside because he had taken that time off and it was super serious, no support there at all for the family. So it's like, we are in the driver's seat right now as employees to seek out, can I bring my whole self to work? Can I fully be who I am in this environment? And are the people around me, because you come the become the average of who you're with, right? So I'm guessing in your fraternity, you look around and you're like, these are these are men mm-hmm. that I admire. These are men that lift me. These are men that I want to be like, and that I think I can contribute to who they are.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, and even you know, to even take it a step further, I mean, it. You know, I think where I kind of came from, honestly, was kind of from my background. You know, I mean, I attribute it to a lot to my role models, especially, you know, those at my firm, but not only that, but also my family. You know, my mom, you know, she's a nurse who helps deliver babies, you know, and, and uh, she absolutely loves her job and the, and the joy that she gets from, you know, helping mothers in labor. You know, and even my grandmother, you know, uh, Girl vs. Soul, you know, was the most kindest woman ever, you know, raised me as a kid, you know, and just was there the whole way you know, and, and lastly, even my grandfather, you know, who was a teacher, you know, back home in Nigeria, and he was praised by his students, you know, for the first for commitment to them. So I think I just wanted to kind of emulate them, you know, or or something similar. I think that's kind of where, you know, that came from my drive for this.
1: Oh, my gosh, I just want to, I'm so grateful. Like, you know, one of the, the piece, one of the work that we do is, to truly see ourselves and to truly see others at their core not what they do but who they are mm. and what you just acknowledge which gives me chills and maybe is that you acknowledge your family the core of where you truly see them as they are mm. and how they have impacted you and true that this is the role model of the dh effect honestly it's the decided heart effect i just want to remind everyone Decided heart is that, you know, we, we live in our every experience that we have, and especially the tough ones, especially the hard ones, we can elevate and say, well, how can I grow? What is the opportunity within this experience? Who can I anchor to? You know, is it my grandparents? They taught me things. They taught me these virtues and, and not that we are the virtues and we have these people that influence who we are. But then there's the effect part, because if we can consistently live with a decided heart, then we make an impact. And Victor, we've seen you as a child hiding in in your cubby and and closets and garages and (laughs) and, you know, and now reflecting back as this adult who's truly emulating what it is to to find unity, to build unity, to be part of community, to acknowledge those who have raised you up. And um, I am just so inspired by that. Thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow.
0: Can you tell us about how, so I'm fascinated by this idea of um, the fraternalism, right? Like, can you describe more about that, please?
2: Yeah, so fraternalism. So uh, like I mentioned, so within our company, we actually gave over $20 million supporting fraternal expenditures and they could vary, you know, uh, I'm sure you guys might've seen GoFundMe accounts, you know, from past scenes in the family and things of that nature. We could come in for for example, you know, we come in as a fraternal company and say, hey, we would like to match those funds that you guys are raising. Now we have a certain cap, but you know, that just kind of shows the impact that we're trying to do. But it doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, exactly monetary, you know, funds that we're giving back to the community. You know, it could be service projects, you know, things I love to do. Um, like, let's say, for example, beach cleanups. You know, uh, or just just kind of maybe lunch and learns kind of going into communities like nonprofits or even businesses and just say, hey, we would like to kind of teach, you know, financial literacy. Uh, I, for example, always like to go into schools and kind of help uh, help out the kids, you know, so I've done several of those. uh, Palmdale and in the city of LA. So things like that, just kind of giving our time, you know, to the community, not necessarily just for money, but just, you know, honestly, just to give back. That's, that's a true meaning of paternalism.
0: My heart is just so full. I'm a te- I am was a teacher first. Really? Um, you know, that's where I started my career. And I like, as soon as you said that, that you love going to the schools, I'm like, oh, your grandpa's so proud. Like, <laughs> I can just, like my heart just got like, he's going, look at you, <laughs> look at you going in those schools, because it is, it's so important. Those are some of the values, I mean, that education and that obviously with your degree as well, you know, I can feel from you. That, that the values in your family were very much about that, that education and understanding about, again, service and purpose to others. Like our purpose is to be of service, I think, truly, truly. And leaning into something that you're so skilled with and then being able to, to give that gift to others, I think we forget about that. I think we forget the rest of us. Sometimes we get so busy, we forget that the magic is really in leaning in to what we are good at and giving back. And, and mm-hmm. you might not, you know, somebody would be like, well, how do I help out? I'm a financial planner. Well, go in and, and teach financial literacy. Give back. I mean, I love the fact that I could come to you as a client and know that not only are you helping me with my money, but being a part of that is giving back to the community as well.
2: Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's, so ma- it's so magic. I mean, I really, truly, like, I just want to, Y'all, can we just absorb some of this
2: awesomeness? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm absorbing it. And for me, it was just, you know, a sense of fulfillment. I mean, right. I mean, just being able to kind of go into school and I always looked up to people that went into the school on, you know, I, I don't know, like just say for career day or whatever the case may be. I remember always looking up to those guys and, you know, now being in a position where, you know, I found my career, you know, I'm having my career. It's, you know, I kind of just want to share that with others. Right. You know, so, you know, that, that honestly helped me do that.
0: I would love to put that out there as a call to action for others too, because it is so overwhelming to be a kid. It is so overwhelming, Mm -hmm. especially those um, college age and high schoolers, but even younger, you know, to see what they can be and to see themselves in someone else is so, so important. And so taking the time to go in and to talk to them in your community. Um, My, my son just the other day, Ended up on the phone with a with um, a, just an amazing community organizer from from Thousand Oaks area. Just a remarkable person who ended up spending an hour. It started with one question, and he spent an hour on the phone with him, Ooh. talking to him about career possibilities and where he could go and how he could be of service and how he and my. I have never seen him get off a conversation with someone and be more. Fueled and filled up, and and we we all need that, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and I get that every day. You know, you guys touched on it. I get that as well from you know the people that I work with, you know, upper management, you know, even you know just my colleagues. You know, it's pretty awesome. And once you kind of have that, you know, it's a sense of you know, like you said, fulfillment that you get. You mm-hmm. know, a sense of okay, eager to actually go in to go to work. You know, it's it's pretty awesome. Mm.
1: Well I think as as we close, I just um, you know, I feel so hopeful. Um, I think a lot of young people and, and even like the adults, you know, the job market and and being a professional and being adult is intimidating and scary. and what what you model Victor and modern women of America is that there is a place of belonging. and it, it you don't have to stop belonging when you hit the professional world. You find your place, mm-hmm. belonging and, and that's the, that's kind of our vision, Hillary and I is like creating but belonging is the most powerful human experience that's what elevates us that's what creates a better society and you today this conversation representing um modern women of america just tells us that this is real folks this is possible
2: Absolutely.
1: um before we let you go can you please let others know how how can they find you mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as you guys mentioned in the beginning, my office is located in Brentwood, California, kind of near UCLA area. Uh, But you can find me on Instagram, uh, Victor Nawaba Financial. So Victor and Nawaba, N W A B A, Uh, and in my LinkedIn as well, Victor Nawaba. So yeah, feel free to kind of reach out to me there, and uh, I'll be love to. I'll love to connect.
0: Any last thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with?
2: Well, I just want to say this is an amazing podcast for one. (laughs) I don't do podcasts as often. So, you know, thank you so much, both of you guys for inviting me. This has been great. Um, And yeah, uh, I would say, you know, to my point, I mean, go out there and do whatever, you know, uh, Somebody and not necessarily whatever somebody asks you, but just kind of just do do what makes you uncomfortable. You know, it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to turn out great just like this right here, you know, so do something outside your comfort zone, I would say.
0: I love that. Take a risk. Well, thank you so much, Victor, for joining us. It has been an honor, a pleasure, and we knew you were going to have some great insight and you certainly did. So we appreciate you and your role modeling for Mm -hmm. all of us. And thank you to our listeners too, for joining us for another episode of the DH Effect. Please be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms and subscribe on your favorite platform or YouTube so that you never miss an episode like this one and you can make sure you check out our website thedheffect.com for more great opportunities for us to really help you develop these clear personal and professional boundaries and until next time sonia
1: may you have the courage to live with a decided heart thanks everyone